Welcome to the She Will Shine podcast, where we bring you the real stories of female business owners. My name is Danielle Price and I'm the founder of She Will Shine, a supportive business network for women. It's time to give a voice to women in business and discover their journey. Hi everyone and welcome to the She Will Shine podcast. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the country on which we record this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and we recognise their continuing connection to the land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. Now, in today's episode, we're going to meet the lovely Fernanda Alberici. How are you, Fernanda? I'm well, thank you. How are you, Danielle? I'm good. I'm very excited for our conversation today. Me too. Now, let me just share with our audience a little bit about you. Fernanda Alberici is the founder of Fab Marketing, a marketing consultant, consulting agency providing customised digital marketing solutions and strategies and Facebook ad campaigns to service-based and e-commerce businesses. Fernanda helps create powerful strategies, funnels and campaigns that help women grow a business with more profit, time and freedom. Now, I don't know about you, Fernanda, but um, well, obviously not because of what you do, but I go into Facebook ads and I get, ah, and I start trying to close the window because I'm just confused by the whole thing. A time to call Fernanda. That's, right. That's exactly right. I know. Most people feel like that about Facebook ads. It's, it's, it's a pity, really. Um, I think I used to feel like that when I first started with ads. I was like, what? what do I press? <laughs> what is the right thing to do? But once you understand really what it is and, you know, the functionality of it all, where everything sits, then it, became, it becomes really simple, really. It's just a machine. You make, your, you, you make your orders. That's what I call it. You know, you order what you want. You press the buttons and then off it goes. And, and you, you can't break it. You can play with it. You won't break it. I think I've come pretty close. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today, Fernanda. Um, I'm really excited to have this conversation. I think it's a long time coming. We've known each other for quite a while now, so I'm really excited yeah, to years. have you. Yeah, really yeah. excited to have you on the podcast and hear your story. Oh, my story. Do you, where do you want me to start? <laughs> oh, let's go. Let's start. All right, what did you want to be when you grew up? What was your dream job way back when when I was little it was a funny thing I wanted to be many things and I remember asking my mom if we really only had one life because I couldn't choose I said I want to be an artist a scientist a nurse a teacher a mom as if being a mom excluded all the rest obviously um you know there are so many things but but the one thing that was always with me I wanted to be an actress (laughs) did you do any drama studies or anything like that I did a little bit of drama at at uni when I was studying but I wasn't studying anything to do with with arts because when it came time to actually choose and my mind was going towards um, arts my mom said to me oh so you're going to star okay no problems (laughs) there's a reality check (laughs) And that put me off. It, it put me off. And yeah, I don't know what, what exactly happened there. And, you know, when you're very young, you don't, I didn't know. I wasn't one of those people that had my heart set on something. 
um, I, I kind of knew I wasn't going to go to science side of it. You know, anything with mathematics was off <laughs> for me. I'm terrible at maths. Um, so it had to be something more creative. I contemplated journalism, advertising, marketing, even law, I think, although that's not very creative, but, you know, has more to do with reading rather than doing maths. Um, and what else did I look at? Yeah, oh, psychology. I really liked psychology. I almost went into psychology. And it's an interesting thing because if you think about marketing and advertising, it's all about psychology, right? That's exactly right, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I ended up doing um, international business. So that's actually my first degree is in international business. I worked years in exports and imports and that kind of things. And that's also where I I went to England and I lived in England for about half a year, a bit more, because my English was very poor at the time. And if you work in exports, you need to speak English. It's the, you know, it's the commercial language of the world. And I really had to learn properly. So I went and spent a good half a year in England, you know, um, immersing myself in the language and the culture. <laughs> Obviously, you have a beautiful accent. So where were you born? Oh, sorry, I forgot that part, yes, right? I know, I, I forgot that thing because I already know, but our listeners may not. <laughs> That's right. I was born in Brazil. So my, yeah, all my family obviously was born in Brazil. I grew up in Brazil, but my family background, my, I don't know. Um, Heritage. Background, Heritage, yeah. thank you, is Italian. So I come from a mini Italy in Brazil type of thing where all the I love it. around. Yeah, it's true. It's like Ligon Street in Melbourne, but it's a much, much bigger region of Italian immigrants. But my parents and I were all born and grew up in Brazil. Were your parents first generation? No, born no. Brazil? No, no, ah. my, no, my grandparents also were born in Brazil. So my background's Italian as well. Uh, my oh, dad yeah. was born over there. My mum was first born generation here. So, oh, wow. yeah. 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 No, the Italian immigration to Australia is much more recent. To Brazil, it goes a, a few generations back. But I think because the, community, the Italian community is so big, it's like I said, lots of towns that, you know, all around, all together. It just kind of stayed very Italian for yeah. generations. There was until... My mom even said, I think until I was little, there was not much mix. You know, in yeah. my classroom, you could point out the odd child who did not have an Italian surname. Even now, like when my kids go to primary school, when mm-hmm. my daughter goes to primary school, a lot of the population are Italian. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just, we, you know, like when people move somewhere, they move where they know the people. Like, yeah, pretty that's much. That's kind of what happens, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you say nonna and nonno, everyone in the class knows what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So you moved to England, six months you were there. Did you then go back to Brazil? Yes, uh, against my will. I was dragged by my parents. <laughs> <laughs> I was in England and I caught the travel bug and I didn't want to go back at all. But my parents pretty much blackmailed me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did, I went back. I finished my, my degree. I had not finished yet when I went to England. I got a job in exports in Brazil. and. But the bug didn't want to leave me. And I just, my only goal, the only thing I wanted to do was to travel. So I started to look at every avenue that I could find. And I found Isaac, which I don't know whether you've heard of it. It's a very, very large student organization. 
um, in, I think in about 85 countries, you find it. We definitely have it in Australia, have it in Brazil, have it in Europe. Um, and what they do is, is they facilitate uh, exchange, student exchanges or graduate exchanges as well. So if, um, the, let's say, the office here in Melbourne might open five spots within certain companies for an internship, therefore they just gain the right to send five people overseas. So you oh, always okay. have the same amount of jobs as you have for the same number of students. And then I managed to pass through the, the whole um, selection process. And then I gained the right <laughs> to find myself a job overseas through the systems in, within the internship. And then, yeah, then I found one in Australia. I'm like, no kidding, Australia. I never thought about Australia, to be honest. I, I wanted to go to Europe. That was my, my thing. But a friend of mine said she had lived a year in Sydney and she said oh, she loved Australia. She had just, just great things to talk about. And she showed so many photos and all. And I thought, why not? Let me let me check it out. Australia sounds exciting. And then I applied for a job and they accepted me. <laughs> and I was, oh my God, I'm going to Australia. I resigned. I got my, my visa. Within a month, you go. I had just left my apartment and then I was here. That was it. Wow. And how old were you when you came? 26. 26. And don't ask me how old I am now. <laughs> just a couple years older than that Fernanda come on (laughs) so what was the job that you got here in Australia was it in Melbourne or was it it was in Melbourne yeah Yeah. it was in Melbourne and I came and worked for for a sporting organization as the marketing and marketing I think I started as marketing officer whatever was the title marketing something and then we think it was a small office it was just like what seven people I think in the office and as sometimes someone resigns so there was one girl who resigned got another job you know that kind of thing and I went to my boss and I started to dig up opportunities so I said to him don't hire someone else for her role I can do part of the marketing part of what she does and then the other tasks well if you want to hire someone for the other tasks do it or or just distribute to the office he said are you sure I'm like yeah yeah I can do it and so he said, oh, all right. So they had like awards nights, they had events, they had a lot of exciting things that I thought were exciting and I wasn't doing them. I was doing all the marketing stuff. And so it's now I can do them. So he said, oh, okay. So I decided to do those. And then they were also running expos. They started to do an expo. And then the guy who ran the first expo after the expo, he left. And so again, my boss stepped to my office and he said, would you be up to do the next expo? And I'm, yes, absolutely. Um, I was up for anything. Just yeah. let me grow and let me learn. And so I did the expo in Melbourne and it was highly successful. And so they got the head offices also in Sydney. And so Sydney was going to run an expo. And so they called the office in Melbourne and said, can we borrow Fernanda to run our expo? And so the, my boss came to talk to me to say whether I wanted to do it. And I'm like, well, what about you? Like, are you happy for me to go to Sydney? Oh, you don't go to Sydney all the time. You can do it from here and you can travel a little bit. Yes, absolutely. And then he said to me, they will be paying for that job. So you can negotiate your rates with them. I negotiated higher rates. That job created so many opportunities for me because I really wanted to learn and I wanted to grow. So I think I stayed there for about four years. And then after that, I moved on for another job. And all those events that I ran, 
really opened a lot of opportunities for the next jobs that came along. So in, in terms of the network that you met or? No, in terms of the experience. So, you know, a lot of people wanted people who had experience in, in events. And I had a lot of events uh, in that particular job and I really enjoyed them. So that's how I moved on to the next things. And at any point, did you think, I could run my own business like did it ever cross your mind or you were happy learning and soaking in all these new experiences I always had in mind a, a desire to have my own business I think because my one of my aunts she has a PR agency in Brazil and she's she does, she's doing really well she's always done really really well she also organized events <laughs> and I kind of always look up to her a little bit and I don't know, just had that thing of maybe I could do my own thing. I also felt a little bit um, held behind sometimes in, in some jobs where you feel like, how am I going to grow? Like, how, where do I go from here? And I really wanted to grow, you know, I, I was very ambitious. So I thought if I have my own business, I'm the only one holding myself back or moving myself forward. Well, <laughs> you yeah. know now you know how much harder it is when you have your own business that's though. right indeed yeah. you are you are the person doing it you need to motivate yourself and it's not just the motivation you need to have the courage you know to do things outside of your comfort zone yeah and if you don't do them then well nothing happens to progress you need to kind of yes. push yourself and there's no one there saying to you oh here's an opportunity or you know you can do it or even question you you yeah. know, wow, you, you need to do this better next time. Or there is no, there is no accountability. No, that's right. You, you know? either do it or you don't. It's like, well, you're the only one who, who knows what's going on. That's right. You have yeah. to go and do it yourself and dig those opportunities for yourself and put yourself forward and create the accountability. Like you need to do all of it. And yeah, I didn't know how hard that was. <laughs> I don't think any of us do, do we? Like I think we kind of, maybe if we did, we wouldn't do it. I don't know. I kind of think sometimes it's a good thing that we don't know what's ahead of us. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. I, yeah, in the first year, first first or second year of my business, I thought so many times of forget forget about this. In fact, the first year running my business, I actually applied for jobs <laughs> while I was running the business. I still applied for a few jobs, not many, because I only wanted part-time jobs. And as you know, there are not many part-time jobs yeah, out there. Right. At the time, yeah. definitely there wasn't. So, but I remember at the time that if I had got one, I would have just, you know, finished the business on. Okay, move on. I think we've all kind of gone through those stages too. And it's, you know, you kind of get over one one little hill or one little mountain, and then the next one comes, which is slightly bigger, and then you know, this whole roller coaster road ride, as we say. Yes, yes, it is. So at the moment, is a bit of the opposite, you know, I almost keen to do anything to keep my business, to keep my business growing and going because oh, the idea of commuting and the idea of um, having a boss, being told what to do, uh, having someone questioning the hours that I work, what, what time you come in, if I have a medical appointment, if I have to pick up my kids, if a kid is sick, it makes me sick to think about it, to be honest. Yeah. So where did you kind of start the business, Fernanda? Like, you know, you kind of had this experience in events and all that um, that you were working. When did the, the business 
come on coming to your sort of um reality yeah so after that first job I went to two other jobs so I changed jobs about two times and I was in a job that I quite enjoyed in in the city and it was marketing uh, events so I didn't organize the event anymore but I was doing all the marketing for expos and events like that uh, and then of course I started a family I got pregnant with my first daughter which is very much planned and very much wanted uh, I went on my maternity leave and precisely one week before I was due to return my boss called saying that the office in Melbourne was going to close they were merging all they had three offices in Australia and they were merging all and putting all in Sydney because it was more cost effective for the company and so everybody in Melbourne was being let go um and I thought oh my god what am I going to do I was literally in tears I was desperate because I was going back as, as a part-time and not full-time it was my boss was super nice my you know my colleagues were really nice too and I thought I can definitely make it work it was also settled I had yeah. already put my daughter in daycare all right what do I do now so I started looking for part-time jobs and as I mentioned part-time jobs if you are a graduate yeah great <laughs> but yeah. I wasn't a graduate and I wasn't going to settle for it I'm like forget it I'm not yeah. doing that so I yeah I thought it's now and ever and my husband said to me you always talked about opening your own business maybe this is the right time to give it a go so I started I just you know jump on Squarespace started a website um got a logo what am I going to call the name fab marketing came from a bit of a joke I mean you know a bit of laughing with my friends when I made sure I was doing that and I said ah oh, Tom suggested fab because fab is F for Fernanda, A for Alberici, B for Bruce, which is his surname. Yeah, and we always joked about, I didn't take my husband's surname when I got married because I'm I'm a feminist, so I'm going to just say it. <laughs> but, you know, he was obviously helping me and I thought I could use the B. And they said, that sounds fantastic. No, you have to go with it. And I thought, like, ah, doesn't it sound a B, you know, I don't know, like big head. Who am I to say I'm fab? You know, and they said, no, it's perfect. So I Fab marketing it is. Um, and you went with it. And I went with that. And then I just started. And to be honest, the day that I put out there on Facebook groups and stuff that I was starting a business, I was living in Altona. I kid you not, the day after I got a call, someone had seen a post on the Facebook group and was interested in talking to me about their marketing. And so then I got my first client the day after I started my business. That's awesome. That's amazing. Like, it's funny how things kind of fall into place. Like you kind of yeah. had that turmoil in the job you had planned to go back to. We had a daycare sorted, part-time was all sort of sorted. And then that didn't happen. But because that door closed, this door opened and opened so quickly. I know, very quickly. But, you know, having said that, I think in the first year, I worked with well, three clients and there was more projects and I made no money. You know, I'm not gonna BS anybody here. And I was also then I got also pregnant with my second daughter in the process. Um, and so I, I knew it was a bit of a slow start. It was going to be a slow start because I was planning the second pregnancy as well. 
uh, and then I took time off. So I started, had like three clients, get a taste of it, you know, start posting. I didn't know the world of small businesses. I jumped on this Facebook groups that, you know, most of us are in really. And I met so many people, I'm like so many women are doing this. I was shocked. I think we're all in like the spare room at home in our own little bubble. Yeah. And you don't know, the, the next door neighbor might be doing the same thing and you don't even know. No, you don't know. I'm like, what? There are people doing this. So, yeah. And then Julia was born and I took some time off, obviously. And then I thought, uh, I want to go back to the business because if I can make it work, then I don't have to go to work. <laughs> I don't have to get a job and commute and all that. And with two children, it really, you know, things get a bit heavier. One yeah. is a lot more manageable than two. I remember my mom telling me, one is one. Two is an army. And um, I can't imagine how people do with three or four. Uh-uh, <laughs> don't want to think about it. So, yeah. So the second time around, I really gave it, a, you know, gave it a shot. Were you kind of like, oh, if it doesn't work out, what am I going to do? Or were you just like, oh, well, let's just wait and see? I was a little bit worried because at the time, first I needed the money. Also, I was a bit worried about what a big gap on my resume would do to my career. I, I think in a way it's silly now. In, in I don't know. I have no idea because I never applied for a job again. So I have no idea how, would so, how someone would look at it. Now I feel a lot better because if someone look at it, I actually ran my business for now six years. It's yeah. successful. I made a living out of it. You know, I have a ton of client testimonials. And so I think it, it looks different. But at the time I thought, what a big gap would do to my yeah. resume and that was a bit of a worry but then my, my husband said now you have you're going to have a lot to show for so he was always very encouraging as well and then I thought oh well I'll give it a go if it doesn't work I'll get a job how did you find the next clients sort of was it all through sort of socials or no it was a bit of everything so it was a bit on socials a bit of referrals. I have a friend who also does Facebook ads. At the time, I didn't just do Facebook ads. In fact, I did marketing strategies. I did marketing plans. I did a bit of social media content as well. Um, email, I did Facebook ads. So I wasn't specializing. I was more of a generalist, but I had a friend who was a Facebook ads uh, specialist. And sometimes when she had too many clients, she would refer one to me. And in fact, she was the first person to train me in Facebook ads. But she said, if I have to send clients to someone, I want someone to be able to provide a service. So she trained me to do Facebook ads. And I was forever grateful for that, obviously. Um, and so I started getting a few clients like that. Also, I at the time, there was a small, small business festival ran by the yeah. government in Victoria. And so I applied to run a workshop. Uh, and then I ran a workshop in Brunswick, in fact, and that's where I met some of the people that are in your group, Danielle. I met, ah. yes, I met uh, Katinka there. She came to the workshop. I met uh, Haley, I think. Haley Robertson? Yes, that's, yes. that's the one, Haley. Um, so I met her there as well, and I met a few other people. And it's a funny thing, even if, you know, I don't remember what I got a client out of it. Maybe I got one or two. But what I got out of it was referrals because even the people, the people who came, even if they didn't hire me, they then refer other people to me. Yeah. 
Yeah, and like the very interesting thing about it is I met someone who is now a very good friend of mine. Uh, and she also does marketing. And at the time, I remember, of course, I was checking everybody who registered to see whether any of them could be a potential client. Yeah. Um, and I remember seeing, you know, this person was a marketing consultant. And I got annoyed. I felt annoyed. <laughs> Not a marketing person coming to my workshop. Why are you coming to my workshop? Which is a very silly mentality. And I very quickly realized that. So that person who I was so annoyed about became a very good business friend, business supporter, and she has referred so many clients to me. Seriously. Um, so we, we to this date, we still help and support each other you know, yeah. with clients and campaigns and I'm not, and I'm meeting her next week, in fact. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, I think, you know, within our Shua Shank community, we see it all the time, Um industry what is so-called supposed to be competitors yeah. actually working together and helping to helping each other and like I said referring when a job's not quite right for them it might be the right fit for you or you know you can chat about pricing or whatever because you've got someone who completely understands your business to bounce Absolutely. those ideas off yeah that idea that I used to have about competitors of course you do have competitors to a level but you know it, it just completely disappeared when once I started to realize that other marketing people could actually be allies rather than you know competitors and we could help each other and you know what I don't want 20 clients per month I can't I can't I can't even deal with 10 clients if I'm going to be honest with you you know I only want a handful of clients so there are clients for everybody every for everybody for sure yeah you know so people can collaborate and help and prefer and not be so yeah so scared about the competition yeah the scarcity mindset yeah that takes you nowhere to finalize that the day the year after that their workshop went so well that I ran three workshops then through the small business festival and then again I got a lot out of it and then I, yeah so a bit of everything really did you enjoy that kind of interaction that face-to-face interaction because you know you'd run events and things like that so you kind of were you craving that yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I remember getting home uh, with my boobs bursting. <laughs> and I said to my husband, I was born to do this. I was born to do this. I loved yeah. it. Like I had such a, you know, spike in energy. So yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Do you miss that now in your business? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> um, I do like doing presentations. So I was doing one two days ago, and I don't know if you saw for KTUN's membership. Oh, yes, yep. Yeah, I, I do enjoy it. And I keep on, I think I'll keep on doing it, if you, yep. you know, if you know what I mean. Last year I was speaking at Life in Style as well in Melbourne and Reed oh, Gifts Fair. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, I truly enjoy it. When I get there at first, I always think, why? Why did I do this? Why am I doing it? <laughs> well, whose idea was this? you know because I do get nervous like everyone yeah. else I think um but once I start talking as you can tell <laughs> by now <laughs> you love a good chat don't you Fined? <laughs> I love it and I, and I do know my craft so when I start talking I get passionate about it you know yeah. and what you can do for businesses and people ask questions and it's so interesting when I prepare any presentation to realize how much I know because, you know, imposter syndrome is always there, right? It just never yeah. leaves you fully. And sometimes I do question myself as well. And I, 
how much do I actually know? Am I good enough? And when I'm preparing all those presentations and speaking and answering questions, um, I realize, gee, I really know a lot. Like I, yeah. I couldn't put on a presentation what I know because people run for the heels. Yeah, but that's the thing, isn't it? Because how often do we reflect on that kind of stuff that we've learned um, over the years? Like how, old, how many years have you been running a business now? Was it six years? Six years counting from my second child. I yeah. somewhat don't count my first year because I felt like there was a bit of a, I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll count it. Let's say seven years. I'll say seven years because yeah. you still learned stuff in your business at that time. But um, we don't we don't like think about the things that we've done over that time. So I've been running She Will Shine in September will be nine years. Like, oh my oh. gosh, nine years. And I've like, I've seriously, like, I think I've kind of put a wall between pre-COVID and post-COVID. And yeah. I don't remember what I've done pre-COVID. And then the other day I was looking through some things. I was like, oh, wow. Oh yeah, I did do that. I did do that. Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, you know, like it's really, I think, important to kind of take that time to look back and say, wow like if you were talking about someone else you go oh that's amazing but because we kind of go ah you kind of forget about it and gloss over it I know I know I I know what you mean I remember at some point in my business that was during COVID I think the first year of COVID actually I thought I was going to have to close the doors because most of my clients were service-based businesses and a few of them were gyms um you know and obviously the fitness industry was hit just like any brick and mortar business that needs to have that physical doors open type of thing although they all kind of adapted well I think but they didn't they were not going to advertise mate you know like they were worried about keeping the customers that they had doing some online thing so I lost pretty much all of my clients most of my clients really nine out of ten let's put it this way um but on the on, in March 2020 that's when I welcomed my first e-commerce client and that's when I also had to change my mindset and go hang on I don't need to work only with service. I can do e-commerce and now the shops are closed they need to advertise because they need to sell online so it was my best year in business do you think that that like that particular like before you kind of opened your eyes and thought hang on e-commerce is out there Mm. was that the biggest challenge do you think in your six years um mm, no what do you think was the biggest my biggest challenge was to overcome my own mindset I kid you not like my imposter syndrome for years was huge it's just yeah. huge. I'm like, what I, I honestly, sometimes I knew how to market. I know how to market. I knew how to promote myself. I knew how to sell, but I held myself back so much because, yeah, fear, mindset, like, you know, just couldn't, couldn't quite, yeah. you know, pass yeah. that, that, that fear and that, that poor mindset of mine. But yep. then when, again, when COVID hit, a lot of things happened also on a personal level. Um, you know, for example, my my husband wasn't sure whether he was going to lose his job. And I thought, I, I have to step up here. I can't, I can't keep just staying in the shadows anymore. I have to step up. And I knew that I knew what I was doing. Like, you know, you know the results you're getting your clients. 
And I'm the kind of person who I keep on upskilling all the time. I've done countless Facebook ad courses. You know, I've done a certification last year. I think I even celebrated in your group. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm still a member of that group because I need, I want people to look at the ads I'm doing. I want people to give me feedback. I, I need a mentor to tell them that what I'm doing is the best that I can do. Yeah. So I had to step up and I had to overcome that mindset. And I think that was the biggest challenge, really. Once I knew I was going for e-commerce, I just put myself out there and then e-commerce came to me. I'm seeing a pattern, Fernando, like whenever you set your mind to something, once you've decided you want something, you go for it. That's right. <laughs> That's that, right. that could be this stubborn Italian in you because I quite have that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what? The, all the biggest challenges I ever had in my life and I remember discussing this with my mom on numerous occasions was when I, I didn't know for sure what I wanted. Like, oh, I, I have one foot here and one foot there. And then none of it takes off, right? Everything, it doesn't feel right. Not, nothing feels right. It's when I don't know. I'm undecided for whatever reason. The second that I go, I'm here. I'm going to this direction. And that's the end of it. It just, yeah, it goes and it goes so fast. And I think a lot of the like a lot of the women in our Shiwa Shine community, mm -hmm. we're doers. I think I've said this before, but we are we're doers. Once we've set our mind to something, mm -hmm. we just action it and we take it and we run with it and we do our best and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think where it is, it's hard when you're in the limbo, when you've got yeah. one foot in, one foot out. And it's like, this isn't this isn't my happy place. No, <laughs> this isn't working. That's right. No, I agree with you. And I think it happens a lot, perhaps, with small businesses like us because, well, one, because we have to be the drivers. We need to choose. We can choose. And the options are many, right? There is no one telling you where you need to go. This is your direction. Follow. Uh, and the second is the mindset. Yeah. Imposter syndrome mindset plays a big, big part in it. Whether Can I really do it? Can yeah. I actually do it? I think as well, like it doesn't just come up once and you overcome it and you, you're right forever. Mm -hmm. It keeps rearing its ugly head like throughout. I think whenever a big challenge comes, right, you've got to rise to that challenge. Yeah. And that's when you kind of think, can I do it? I don't know if I can do it. Like all those negative thoughts yeah. and all those things come in your head and you're just like overwhelmed by it all. And you have to overcome that hurdle and yeah. then you keep traveling along and then comes the next one. Like that self-development on that journey is just huge. Huge. And I think the, the, the other thing is that we also need to realize that even if you go for it and it doesn't work, you know, it was, you learn something from it. Yeah. You definitely learn not something, but a lot from it. And it's part of your, de your development. It's part of your success. The failures are part of the success. You know, if you'd never try anything new, then, well, how are you how are you going to grow? Where yeah. are you going to go? You know, and I, I'm the first to tell this to my kids, <laughs> the first not to follow my own advice. <laughs> you know, I tell my kids, that's great. You made a mistake, that's great. That means you try something new. You really tried it. Try again, make another mistake. You know, I, I say that to them a lot because I grew up in a family where you were not quite allowed to make mistakes. So it I know I know the impact that has on me. I'm even nowadays when I tell myself, it's okay, it's okay, you can make the mistake, but it's in the back of my bloody mind. Yeah. You know, that you're not quite allowed. So to my kids, I always tell, 
make, I'll make another mistake. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> just do it. You're giving them that permission to fail. And the quicker they fail, the quicker they learn. Correct. And that's the same with us. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen, really? What's yeah. the worst? Right? It's not life or death. Like, we are not surgeons. Yeah. true. You put everything <laughs> in perspective, right? <laughs> right. And Fernanda, you recently made a tree change. So you were in Altona, which was um, the western suburbs of Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And now you're in Torquay. That's beautiful right. coastal part of Victoria. I'm very yeah. jealous. <laughs> how, how was that, I guess, you know, from a personal perspective, but also in moving the business? Well, moving the business was very, very smooth. No one even noticed. If I don't tell anybody that I moved, just people don't know because my clients are all over Australia, really. Um, even the ones who are in Melbourne, I've I think I, I have most of my clients. I never met them in person, always online. So it was very smooth. I think the only thing that I do miss um, is to be able to attend more in-person events in Melbourne. I was very frustrating because, as you know, <laughs> I love in-person events. I love in-person connection. And as I work by myself in this little office of mine, you know, going out and meeting people is very I don't, it gives me a lot of energy. I really enjoy it. Um, so that's one of the challenges that I found moving here. I have to start growing my network here so I can do that. And sometimes I do travel to Melbourne, but it just restricted me a little bit in that regard. Because, gee, I'm lazy. I don't like to travel to Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> we all get comfortable, right? <laughs> I, I'm definitely getting way too comfortable. I think it's the age, to be honest. Yeah. Um, now, with personally, it took me a little while. I know Turkey is lovely, it's beautiful, it, it really is, it's wonderful. But all of my relationships, all of my friendships are in Melbourne. And it, it took me years and years and years to build those relationships. You know, I have friends, I honestly have friends that have been my friends since I arrived in this country, which is um, a long time. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, so you don't make friends like those friends in a blink, you know, and I, yeah, I'm getting older, <laughs> yeah. you know, so, but, but now I think I've been here now for a year and we bought a house and yeah, no, I love it. I love it here. I really do. Uh, we've been taking our puppy for a walk recently after school, sometimes also during, the, I love having a puppy actually. He makes me walk. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be walking at all. So it, it's that excuse, I really need to go. And I was walking with my kids. Um, they were running around and I had the puppy. And you end up meeting so many people because they also have dogs. I think every person in Turkey has a dog. I kid you not. And then I said to them, oh, I love Turkey, I said. And my kids said, me too. <laughs> they were jumping and, you know, and I said, oh, what do you like about it? And we all thought the same, like we, Really enjoy that you see cockatoos daily. You see galas daily. It's they are all around. You know the time they come out. It feels like it's a town. You're not you're not in a farm, but it feels a bit more bushy. You know, yeah, surrounded nature. by nature. It's so green. Like this, the smell. You can smell the trees, and some days you can smell the sea as well. No matter where you are in Turkey, I'm not that close to the sea, but I can still smell the sea. And some days I can hear the sea as well. Yeah. And so I don't know. It's very, I, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that we moved here. 
but I just need to find a way to come to Melbourne a bit more often. Yes. Oh, well, we saw you the other week, so I was happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> Have to make it more often. But yeah, that's the thing. And, and like you said, as you get older, you get more comfortable. Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, the thought of travel. It's like, even for me, the thought of going into the CBD, I'm like, and I'm only 20 minutes from it. Do you know what I mean? But it's like, oh, it's the CBD. I've got to catch the train or find <laughs> With all those things that just, and I'm not even that far. So, no, yeah. I know it, what it does. It does change. Yeah, 100%. We've kind of gone over the challenges of running the business, Fernanda. What has been like a couple of your proudest moments in running the business? My proudest moments? Um, I think... My proudest moments were first to actually um, deliver the workshops that I did because it's never a small thing to create a workshop, to promote the workshop, to show up in person to a a bunch of people and speak um, in front of them. I think most people could relate to that uh, and deliver something that people actually enjoy and give you great feedback about. So, and also... I, I'll be honest with you. I think sometimes some of the, the results that I get for some of my clients, like there, there, there have been some results that I just, you know, I, I have to tell myself, you made that business. Like you, the, what you've delivered to that particular business, the, the number of sales, the amount of revenue that you help them create, it's, it's really quite mind-blowing sometimes. You know, it's not, for, it's not with every business not with every client as well because they also have different goals and different budgets and different business models and all but you know and during COVID I remember thinking I am keeping these businesses alive and not just alive thriving during a time that they wouldn't otherwise they maybe would close some of them would close literally so those for me were moments that I thought wow wow (laughs) I'm doing this and you are, you're part of their team. Yeah. Like, you're not just a, like an outsourced supplier kind of thing. When you're that entrenched in the results of the campaigns and especially in COVID when, you know, of course, business wants to help business, et cetera, et cetera. You are, you're part of their team and you're like integral to the success. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, too much sometimes. <laughs> too much because sometimes I feel like I almost feel I'm, too part of the business and I do need to remind myself that no they are one business and I am another business in a way I understand it completely but that's when you love when you love doing something so much yeah yeah that you you want to see other people succeed and yeah you do um you feel what they feel yes you do you absolutely do but you know to have that responsibility and to think that you have sometimes turn a business around um yeah, it does make you smile a lot. And you've got two girls, Fernanda. Do they want to run a business of their own, like mum, when they get older? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, actually. My girls are a little bit like I was when I was a child. They want to do and be everything. Um, you know, oh, mom, I don't know how to choose. I want to be this and I want to do that and there are other things. So I really don't know. But I have no idea whether they want to run a business of their own. Although my oldest often ask me, I want to start a YouTube channel. <laughs> I want to do a TikTok channel. And I'm like, nah, no, you know, you're not going to do it. <laughs> but after you're 18 and you're responsible for yourself, why are you a little? I don't want your face on YouTube. 
oh, maybe you just feel my hand and then I talk over it. And she has all these ideas of having a YouTube channel and, you know, thinking how many people are going to like it and follow and whatnot. And I'm like, yeah, no child. I've got a funny story for you about YouTube channel. So my son has a YouTube channel and mm. I was very much about, you don't put your name on there, all that, you know, name, people don't know where you live, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, he talks well. He hasn't been on it for a while, but he loves footy, AFL footy. Yeah. And he talks about the Bulldogs and all this sort of stuff. And he was had, you know, created um, videos and blah, blah, blah of their highlights and this and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, he has been recognized. He does have his face there because he does talk to the camera. He has been recognized when he's out and about two or three times for being on the foot on the YouTube channel. Oh come! Oh my gosh! I know, and I'm like, he's like famous. <laughs> so yeah, it's just interesting because you know I was very much against the YouTube channel, and I'm still funny yeah. about it. But he was just talking about football. I'm like, okay, talking about football without any of the other silly stuff and um yeah how's that yeah I hear you how old is your son he's 13 now mm, yeah well he's a bit older my oldest is nine yeah I'm like yeah you're not going anywhere near YouTube <laughs> yeah well I'm like that with my daughter I'm like no 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 hang on <laughs> no I like you know I know well I know social media way too well too um too too comfortable with my kids on social media. Thank you so much for your time today, Fernanda. My I'm pleasure. so glad that we got to have this chat. Me too. I'll be honest with you. I always thought, mm, am I one day going to be on the Shiri Shine podcast? <laughs> and I was hoping so. There you go. You've made it now. You've been on the podcast. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'm I glad I could make that happen for you. Uh, thank you so much, Danielle. No, it's lovely being here. Really nice talking to you. As always, it always is lovely talking to you. Um, yeah, I hope that people enjoy listening to this crazy roller coaster story. <laughs> well, we've all got our crazy roller coaster stories, so I'm just yeah. grateful that we can share them. So I think we can learn so much from each other as well. Yeah, that's right. If you're in business, you're definitely in for a roller coaster. There's no other way. I don't. I don't believe in another way, honestly. I think um, someone had told me that at the beginning. I may not have <laughs> done it. I don't know. But, um, yes, definitely going in blindly is not always a bad thing. No, no, it's not. But I don't know. Maybe, probably if someone had told me, I probably wouldn't have done it either. I would have gone and found myself a job and never got a taste for it, you know. But now, as I said to you, now it's now it's hard. I'm way too comfortable. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I do my own hours and I work with whoever I want to work, you know, and it's not just the client who chooses me, it's I also choose the client and so on. And, you know, the amount of flexibility and freedom that it gives me is second to none. Like what else is going to give me this? That's right. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Thank you so much, Fernanda. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure. And thank you to everyone for joining us today on the She Will Shine podcast. We will have another fabulous female founder story just around the corner. See you later. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode of the She Will Shine podcast, we invite you to check out shewillshine.com.au. She Will Shine is the essential support network you need to grow a thriving, meaningful business. We can help you grow your network, connect and develop genuine relationships, 
be supported and support others in building and growing a successful business on your terms. Say goodbye to working alone and become a member at shewillshine.com.au.